Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So for today's episode, we're going to do something a little different, a little less research, more conversational. Because we have some vacationing happening here, believe it or not. What? Uh, I know, right? February vacation time. I went to the beach with my mom. I had a lovely time. But hilariously enough, she told me she was trying to be very uh, motherly and caring. and was like, I think you need more vitamin D. You don't go out enough during the pandemic. So I did. And I stood in this place. And she was like, this is the best place. And I got sunburned. So... <laughs> If I look ridiculous, Samantha, uh, that's why. (laughs) I don't mean to insult you. Uh Uh-huh. You just look like you got freckled a little bit. I'm sorry, friend. No, that's that's fine. You should have seen me when it first happened. Okay, okay. My mom kept laughing every time I entered the room, and then she felt bad for laughing at me, but it was totally fair because I looked ridiculous. (laughs) Not that you would not want to be a lobster, but I'm like, you still look pretty white to me. Okay. Okay. So, well, except for, like, you got freckles a little bit. You got a little bit of tan on the nose. I see it. I see it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, my partner, when he gets burnt, I laugh uh-huh. all the time. Because usually, he always gets burned when he thinks he's fine. And then he gets yes. burned, and I'm like, I told you so. So, I have yep. every right to laugh at you because I told you so. Uh-huh. This is typically, I'm like, you earned this laughter and ridicule. Mm-hmm. Because you did this to yourself type of situation. My vacation, quote unquote, which was for two days, was hopped up on some diazepam and then some codeine Tylenol because I got my teeth extracted. Y'all have very bad teeth. I think we've talked about this before because we talked about dental appointments and caring for ourselves and then the pandemic. And we're like, nope, definitely not going. Mm -hmm. I have started my journey in fixing what is really bad teeth. Apparently... Uh, the dentist, who was actually a father of a very good friend of mine. So he was very kind. I was like, please don't judge me. My teeth are bad. I was malnourished up until I was eight years old. Bad calcium deficiencies. So many things. Lived in an orphanage. Tried to tell this whole story. And he's mm-hmm. like, it's fine. It's fine. Your teeth are great. Your teeth are great. Um, and then he went and did x-rays. He's like, okay, your teeth aren't great. Uh, we need to do <laughs> these following things. And I'm petrified of the dentist because I did have to go to the dentist so often when I first came into the U.S. I had to have a whole specialist, lots of teeth taken out, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's pretty common for most people, I think, to have somewhat of a fear of dentists. I'm sorry, dentists, we love you, but at the same time, we fear you. Yes. But yeah, it's even still it's a little sore today, but I've been very oh. cautious in like doing all the rinsing and not too much rinsing and making sure mm-hmm. it's clotting, all of these things. But yes, uh, that was my two-day off thing that yeah. I did. Yeah. That's right. Well, right. it's not quite the same. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're sunburnt in comparison to my teeth being extracted. I'll take uh, the sunburn. Yeah. yeah. But I'm glad you're going yeah. on this journey. I hope it yeah. works out. So far, so good. He really was like, you know, for everything you've gone through and the fact that you've not been to the dentist in years, you look pretty good. Uh, the dental hygienist there, she was wonderful. And she was like, you need a water pick. And y'all, life-changing. Not a sponsor. 
life-changing. I had this one spot with my gums that's always swollen and always Uh like really gross. My uh, gums are always bloody no matter what, after flossing, after brushing my teeth. And I do this every day. So don't judge me. It took me a long time to figure it out, but you know. Uh And I would just accept the fact that my gums were gross and that I had uh, all kinds of problems with my teeth. You know, I just accepted that I would, you know, forever bleed. And then the water pick. It took me a while to figure out how to do it. And after like literally three or four days, it just started clearing up. I was like, oh my God, this dental hygienist, she is my hero. And I told her (laughs) immediately because I went like, I went for a cleaning. The next week I went for the extraction and she was like, how how are you doing? I was like, oh my God. And I did Mm -hmm. this. She's like, and I was like, I love you. She goes, no, I love you. We had a whole exchange because I felt (laughs) like she told me this world opening secret with this water pick. But just, just so you know. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll have to look into water. There's love forming everywhere. Okay. Okay. Love forms everywhere. I'm into it. Or does it? Or does it? Oh, gosh. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. So <laughs> this, this episode is inspired actually by a separate uh, trip I took recently with a, a good group of friends of mine, where, by the way, there was a king cake, as is our tradition. And I, They were teasing me about Star Wars-related stuff, of course. And I was like, I can find this baby in this king cake. And I just ran my hand over it, over the top. And I stopped. I was like, it's right here. That baby was right there. I was right. You were special. (laughs) You got magic. Thank you. Thank you, Samantha. They didn't seem to see it that way, but that, that's the I correct. I guessed it. You asked, you told me about this, at which point mm-hmm. you were like, you'll not never guess. I was like, you found the baby. And you were like, what? Yes. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> and I can't believe they don't mean, they don't believe that means I'm force sensitive, but all right, whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. But, you're force sensitive, not magic. I, either. I'll accept. Either. Okay. It's all okay. good. Uh, but... We got to talking about bad dates mm-hmm. that we had been on. I texted you and I was like, we need to talk about this because so many of them, I just thought to myself, why? Why? Yep. <laughs> why would anyone think this is acceptable behavior? So we were just going to talk about some of those things and some of our experiences. But with that, we want to say like, we're focusing on mostly funny things. Uh, funny bad dates, but we are going to talk about some of the darker side of that mm-hmm. because for a lot of women, a bad date is not funny. Right. It is scary and dangerous. And I heard a lot of that when I was asking around, around my my right. female group of friends of like, yeah, sure, we got these funny experiences, but a lot of them are not <laughs> funny at all. Right. At all. And in fact, I became very outraged that this is sort of an accepted... Like, I've always known that. It's not like a surprise to me, but I was just getting angrier and angrier that everybody, every woman I talked to had this. Truly horrendous. Like, just, I can't... It makes me very mad (laughs) that this is dating. Right. This is dating. I find it funny because you and I have talked about this often, about the fact that it's... To the point that you and I are both like, okay, we're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're good. And for me, I do have a partnership. For me, though, I think this is why our listeners are like, I think you're aromantic and I get it. But in the sense of like, 
as much as I adore my partnership and we do work well and the circumstances that we have come to are good for us and we are fine, there's definitely things that we need to work on. There's a lot of miscommunication and we are very, I figured out we're the same it's an air sign and I feel like this could be tailing. <laughs> we'll oh. talk about that later. Okay. But in that, if this was not to work out and in my mind, because I've never been in this long of a relationship ever. This is my first really long-term relationship. Like, and again, I say long-term, typically I would say beyond eight months is a long-term relationship for me, but Mm -hmm. we have gone beyond that. We've gone into like four to five, maybe. I I don't really know because we don't know a beginning date. This is how aromantic I probably am. We don't have dates. We don't celebrate things like that. That's not a thing for me. Mm -hmm. So we've been around for like four ish years together, maybe five ish years. Yeah. So we're gonna really okay. have to kind of think about this. But uh-huh. even still, we're not permanent in my mind. Nothing is mm. permanent. Maybe I'm just way too like Buddhist mindset in this. Like nothing oh. is truly permanent. And even though I'm in a partnership and I am very giving and I want to include him in everything. So if I'm grocery shopping, I always come back with a snack for him because I'm always mm-hmm. thinking about what can I get you? What can I do? With it? But I do that with you as well. If you're coming over, I'm going to yes. buy you something specific for you. So mm-hmm. I feel like if we live together, I would still be doing this with you mm-hmm. as well, if that ever came to the point. But all of that to say, it still doesn't mean it's going to be permanent. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. in my mindset, if we were to break up, man, this is long-winded. Yes. In my mind, if we were to break up or it does end, I don't want to try again. I think it's yeah. like, okay, I've had my run. I'm good single. Single works for me. Single's mm-hmm. cheaper. <laughs> True. Yes. I... Oh my goodness, you've touched on so many things I want to talk about. Number one, the Jedi and attachment, which we are going to talk about later, mm-hmm. but you're kind of voicing the whole thing. Number two, so when I was listening to my friends talk about their experience dating, because I haven't dated in a long time. Like I've gone on accidental dates, but I have not purposefully dated in forever. So I was hearing them tell their stories. And that was one of my thoughts is like, this is not worth it. No, this is not worth it. And most of my friends in this particular group, there's only one that's still trying. But I have two two in this set of data points that I collected, which was, you know, pretty small. But they were like, I'm done with it. I don't find it fulfilling. I don't feel like I need it. And it's not worth it. And I want to say like that is very personal case. And I know that having fulfilling relationships is very important. Uh, to everybody, even if that's romantic or not romantic. But to hear that from people who I've known for a long time, that tells me the state of dating is not good. Right. That's bad. <laughs> like, we're having women opt out of it by high margins. And I know there have been reports on it a lot recently where they're like, right. nobody's dating, no one wants kids, why? And I'm like, I got a lot of examples. Why? Yeah. You just need to talk to people. Right. Just just talk to people about their experiences. And, and, you know, we've definitely talked about it in reference to political leanings. We've talked about it mm-hmm. in reference to pandemics and the quarantine. Shoot, mm-hmm. even talking about the actual belief of the pandemic that has separated a lot of people. I feel like, and again, 
I know it's everywhere because California and New York have also had to deal with this. Uh, maybe it's because we see more controversial people trying to make things happen. But in the South, it's even more divisive yeah. in Georgia of how often I would look in my, when I was dating and like the 2016 election happened, I was dating at that point in time. And anytime, I think we've talk, told the story in all of these dating sites that if you said moderate, you were automatically off my list. Right. And I would look at every white guy that came up on my page, looked at what do they believe. If they didn't have politics on there, you were also automatically out because I feel like you did that on purpose for a right. reason. Yeah. And if you're from outside of Atlanta, I was super, super cautious uh, mm. outside of Atlanta and Savannah, honestly. And I was like, hmm, you need yeah. to show, you need to be able to say this out loud. And if you don't, then there's a reason and I can't have it. And that was a huge, huge point. And I know we've talked about that. I know Kristen and Caroline talked about that before us. There's a huge hard red line now between what we think is acceptable and what wasn't acceptable. And I think it's the same way for the conservative dating pool. If you yeah. have anything, I know one of the biggest triggering words is people who put their pronouns. Um, yeah. And that's a sign mm -hmm. to them, yep. as I've seen. So I think it's on both lines where we're like, hell no, cannot make exceptions. This is the end. And in that, like, I have my own money. I'm a yeah. woman with my own money and career. I'm good. I'll just get a dog. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a lighter episode in terms of research in both content, because as we said, it could get really dark. But I've been thinking about that a lot lately, where that sense of entitlement that a lot of men feel uh, when they're dating. And I have, like, I, I've got a text thread ready to go, listeners. <laughs> of, like, I was shocked that... I, it's one thing to know it, but to, like hear it from your friends and think, how could this person, how, <laughs> right. think that this is okay? It, it's one of those things where I feel like a lot of men think they're entitled to sex specifically and dating. And a lot of women are like, you're treating us like uh, I'm fine by right. myself. And then that makes these men feel angrier. Right. So I feel like it's a really vicious cycle where, you know, if you, you go all the way up to the incel level of women mm -hmm. are denying me this, and then it goes to violence, but women are like on the other side, like you're not, <laughs> right? your terrible date, right. and I don't feel comfortable with you or safe with you or happy with you, so I'm just going to opt out because I don't need it. So we're it's like a we're creating something that's very toxic in a lot of ways right? with these messages. And, and, and on that darker side, because I am the negative of the bunch, I think a part of this, when we talk about all of that really scary, just, just scary dates, we don't even want to try anymore because we've been scared. There's some things that's like, I'm uncomfortable, but we're also coming out loud and saying, these men that we're talking about are toxic. They may come off as cool, but they're not. So I am finding the joy slash the positivity in that women are acknowledging and finally coming to the point of like, oh my God, yeah, that was a really toxic way of dating. That was gaslighting. Like knowing these terms and being able to acknowledge what that was, what type of date that was, 
Mm-hmm. Talking about, oh, it's a red flag when a dude comes here and talks about how his ex-girlfriend was quote-unquote crazy. Right. And you're like, that's a red flag. Thank you for mm-hmm. letting me know. And being able to connect with each other on social media. Like, yes. I love the West Elm dude. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they were able to share, don't date this dude. West Elm Caleb is bad. Like, it was <laughs> hilarious to see it unfold. But it truly is like... This is kind of a positive. Yes, we're joking about it. But at the same time, it's true. We try to let women know. And that whole yeah. narrative of women against women are slowly at least like darkening. And we're able to see the light of it all. Be like, huh, that's not a good thing. And then yeah. we should be supporting each other. So that is a positive. But also why I think that we're a little more cautious in dating. Because we are sharing with each other. This is a red flag. This dude is a red flag. Watch out for yes. this. Yes. And I think I think that's a positive sign as well. And I think that even we're, that we're having this conversation of, you know, bad dates that we've had with presumably mostly men in this particular conversation. But it, it does make me sad because I had one friend who sent me a, um, a list of her like bad dates. And I was like, oh, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe do an episode on this. And she's like, well, you should probably know ultimately they ended in these really horrific ways. Like it was funny, but then ended right. horrifically. And she, she said, but I've learned a lot. That just broke my heart. Like you should, there should not be a situation where we're talking about women and marginalized people. You have to learn. Like that's your right. lesson. That's just a part of it. And I felt that too. I have right. thought that and I have felt that and I hate that. I think that's awful. <laughs> I do too. I, recently, I just saw, my God, my references in TikTok is overwhelming, <laughs> but that is my thing now. A conversation in which this dude, uh, very much you're burly, I live in the mountains, aren't I cool, 50-something-year-old man yelling at another dude who was doing some of the work, saying, like, these are the things that women have to look out for, and these are the things that we should change as men. So I love that content, right? But the dude Mm -hmm. was like, hey, man, you're making this worse. You're kind of the CRT argument, which we should talk about later, not in this episode, uh, (laughs) says, you know, you're teaching women to be afraid of men. You're telling people to be afraid. And, And he was like, you know, the dude who was a good uh, ally and listener was like, no, no, dude, that's that's wrong. This is why you're wrong and trying to correct yeah. him. Be like, no, women are not taught to be scared because we're telling them something new. It's not something new. They've taught <laughs> right. this and learned this throughout the years and have to advise each other to protect themselves. And if we were truly men, like you're saying that we are men as quote unquote right. protectors, we wouldn't have to have this conversation. Also, by the way, what we're protecting women from are men. Right. <laughs> so like yeah. the, both of those conversations and I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like this conversation is that we are afraid of men, especially mm-hmm. when we're talking about this in very heteronormative cis conversation. Mm-hmm. And therefore have learned lessons on how to protect ourselves from yep. men. When mm-hmm. we're not able to fully protect ourselves and try to get justice, we are told it is our fault because we have not yes. learned lessons yep. in protecting ourselves from men. Mm-hmm. So I found this whole narrative very interesting. I'm like, yeah, this is cyclical. We need to come back to what the problem is. Yeah. Men. <laughs> and I get it. Not all men. I don't give a <laughs> I don't give a <laughs> I don't give any kind of flying <laughs> 
whatsoever. Stick it up your ass. Don't care. That's how I feel Mm -hmm. about this. When we have this conversation, what it comes down to is women who date men are afraid of men because of the situations that they have been put by men. And therefore, when we try to protect ourselves or at least get our justice, we are being told that we're not being womanly enough in order to let the men have what they want, even if we are in fear, and that they are the ones that will protect us to let us know when we should be fearful as told by the patriarchy, which again is bull. Yes. Yes. Agreed, agreed, agreed. And and it's so many of the things that I heard from people was like very victim blaming to themselves. Like I yeah. shouldn't have done this. I should have known better. But I'm like, this is still an ass who thought he could do this to you and that was right. okay. Right. That's the part that hurts me the most in these conversations is they always interject in telling their stories with, I shouldn't have done this. I know I shouldn't have worn this. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have gone. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't even done this. Whether it's being alone with them, whether it's assuming that you could walk down a street alone with them, whether it's saying goodbye. Yeah. And not trying to be nice and being told if I'm not nice, then I'm a bitch. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be seen as a bitch. Right. Or, and, and you and I have talked about this, engaging in a sexual activity that you did not want to. Right. Because they will not leave. Um, or you're afraid of violence, which is not consent. Right. Or you just give in after saying no so many times. Yes. 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 Oh, it makes me so mad. Like, if this is what dating is... We've got to, we have so much work to do. (laughs) We have so much work to do. And we have gone down that dark road. But once again, I do want to come back into this positivity. And like, even though your friend has gone through so many bad situations, two Mm -hmm. things, she has not given in and just settled. And Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. And also she's still trying, which is to me, the biggest strength I can see because I have a good friend of mine as well um, and she is a lesbian and she's been dating and dating and dating. She doesn't have this same horrific, but just not finding someone who's compatible to her. And she's gone on so many dates and she's so hopeful and she's so beautiful. And I'm like, how do you do this? And she's Mm -hmm. just like, I think it's still, I think I'll find someone. I think it'll be okay. I really hope that happens. I believe that for her because she believes it and she deserves it. Yeah point blank, and is an amazing person and deserves Mm -hmm. that happiness. But that's exactly like, I admire people's hopefulness in this darkness. Yeah. And I say darkness very bleakly because I, again, like I said, if this were to end, my partnership is over. I'm done. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get two more dogs. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's been another part of it that's been kind of heartbreaking for me and I know we're going to revisit in an upcoming happy hour that's going to be mostly Star Wars based of course of course and fan fiction based but actually like of the few Sex in the City episodes I've seen I often think of the one of the ones I saw was I don't really remember the context but Charlotte was saying at an event like I'm trying to find I I can't find someone I'm trying to find someone and the person at the event said you need to put yourself out there and Carrie said oh she She's out there. Like, she yeah. has put herself out there. Wait, we have we seen that episode yet? No, I, this I is when I've so. seen, this is when I've seen, like, one yeah. of the, like, three that I've seen. And oh, yeah. I think about that often. And I think about that with my friend where I'm like, 
to me, it's not very important. So sometimes I feel like I can be like, I don't think cold is the right word, but kind of just like, eh. Um, but to her, this is so important, like finding somebody and she really wants that. And this right. is the situation she has to deal with. Right, right. And it just really upsets me. Right, uh, I agreed. I, I think that that's, that's some of the conversations, you know, that we've had. My friends who are seeking really do feel like there's a part of them missing. And mm-hmm. whatever else I may think as a person, as a woman, as any of these things, her feelings are valid. And mm-hmm. if that's what she feels, then okay, I will support her mm-hmm. and hope for the best for her. And if I find someone, I'm like, hey, I've got you someone. I will be that person. Yeah. Because that's what she wants and that's okay. Once again, any of these things. So as as you and I are happy in our womanhood selfness, mm-hmm. individualness. Yeah. I, I would not I can't say I'm single. I'm not single. But right, right, right. in my selfness, I am happy either way. I mm-hmm. would never say that everyone wants that. Um as in fact I had this conversation with my niece, my beautiful niece, Gracie. Hello. <laughs> Again, I keep shouting her out, don't I? Yeah. But she and I just recently had this whole conversation about dating. And she was like, you know, I dated a lot. And she just graduated college. She's a youngin. I love her to death. I love her, love her, love her. And she was like, I think I'm done. I've dated a lot through my college and through my high school years. I feel like I've gotten that out of the way and now I'm happy Mm -hmm. to be here. And I'm like, you know what? I love that for you. I love that for you. It took me till 23 to start dating, 22 to start dating. Mm -hmm. And then I almost quit 27. Mm-hmm. So I was a little older than her. So I think if I went through my phase because I was like, oh, this is happy, fun, fun, fun. I'm over it. <laughs> but yeah, like she she is kind of getting to that point as well and watching her friends dating, dating around. And she's mm-hmm. adorable, by the way. Uh, she's newly <laughs> single and like out there figuring out her life. And I love that for her and try to find herself. And like she's now finding herself as independent. How long that'll mm-hmm. last? We don't know. And if she does change her mind, that's beautiful too. And that's yeah. what we got to look at. <sighs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's it's funny because people have asked me for advice on relationships. And it's funny to me because I'm kind of like, oh. No one asks me for advice. I think it's smart. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, really, they don't. Oh. And it's okay. <laughs> well, I would say the same about me. But I think where I've always landed is personally, I'm somebody who's not looking. But if it happened to come my way, I'd be open. You know, like... Yeah. I'm yeah. not... I I don't... It's not something that, it, like, occupies my brain as I know it does for some of my friends. And I'm not judging that at all. But also, like, I'd be open to it if I happened to, like, yeah. oh, I think this could work. That's sort of where I am. Yeah. The natural bits. And I know we talk a lot about individualhood. Because again, like I said, I'm not single, so I can't say mm-hmm. singleness. We will also have a conversation about happy marriages and happy mm-hmm. happy togetherness. So yeah. don't think we're one-sided no. on this level. Like I said, I am in a couplehood. Mm-hmm. I often tell Annie that we're in a thruple, as my yes. partner said, because you came <laughs> over for our Valentine's Day. He's like, it's like you two are in a relationship. For three I was like, years, yeah. Yep. And I just looked at him and said, yep, and just moved on. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> happily. Yes. I mean, that's a big part of this conversation, too, is relationships can look different ways. It doesn't have to be this one way. But he is as happy as I am in this, in that level of, like, camaraderie that we have Mm -hmm. as a group. 
because that sounded very like one-sided it's not no and there's nothing necessarily romantic or sexual about it but it's beautiful and it's a relationship and i love this yeah all that to I'm, say i'm happy with that me too and i think that's a key point that I'm hearing, like when we joke about the compound commune that I know yes. some of you have written in about. Oh, yes. It's, it's touching on what we're talking about, though, wherein we have these relationships where we feel safe and comfortable and known with other women or just friends. And that's, I see more and more women turning that way. And it's unfortunate in the sense that, yes, this is a toxic dating soup. Uh, heteronormative dating soup. And I I don't want, because I want people to be happy and find, you know, whoever it is. But I have so many friends who are like, you know what? I got my good lady friends. <laughs> so I, that's fine. We can yeah. just be together. <laughs> Absolutely. Like my whole thing has been, I again, we've talked about this before. I'll reiterate, because our age group and I'm putting you with my age group, even though we're not of the same generation, <laughs> it's okay, that mm-hmm. we have come to the point where family slash children slash couplehood is not always what is perfect or the main relationship for us and our goals. And that has changed vastly. My mom, whom I love, got married at a very, very, very young age. And her only friend literally were her children and her husband for a little while. And then she finally reconnected after some of her children left, several of her children left, to her own sister, which they were always close, but they just just, just didn't have the time, obviously, as, as she had so many children and was young, trying to care for her family. And then it came to the point that she ended up having another closer relationship with her and is now a part of this giant ladies' Bible study. That's a whole different conversation. But she has a, a group. She has a group of friends that she sees outside of her husband. And because her children are lo- no longer there and she's no longer the caregivers to raising children, mm-hmm. her t- relationship has changed. But it took a long time to be able to get to that point because yeah. her focus was her family. And that's what she wanted because her family life was difficult growing up. And then she kind of created one that she wanted of her own. And yeah. it did, it wasn't wonderful, but it was pretty close to what she had envisioned. Her and my sister are very, very close. Uh, mm-hmm. She would talk about how they are best friends and they really were. And then I came in with all of my issues and could not connect to her and she couldn't figure out why because she desperately had a fantasy of our relationship it wasn't happening but all that kind of broke away for her when my sister got married and left and started her own family so she started to reevaluate that friendship group that she Mm -hmm. didn't have and I really think that's the difference is that I have come to the point that I was like I have not been married marriage is not my goal in life as in fact even at 40 something marriage is frightening to me. I'm like, why? What's the purpose? What's the point? I'm very Mm -hmm. happy and established where I am. If I have someone to share my life, that's wonderful, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. need to be on paper or in name or in monetary sharing (laughs) or any Uh of that. Because I also am very happy in my friend group. Again, this may have something to do with my reactive attachment disorder. That's a whole different conversation, which I don't trust parental figures, couple figures, male species in general. (laughs) Like, I'm going to put that out there because I was very traumatized by men in general. So, therefore, I trust women and I trust women in my friend group explicitly for Mm -hmm. the longest time. And I valued that as my family. And I'm sure so many of y'all understand that, agree with that, because there's something to that familiarity of 
growing together. Of course, there's some things that are the stereotypical things that have happened in relationships and we've had to grow out of because we realize, hey, this is the patriarch trying to keep us down. Let's not play yeah. into this anymore. And once we discovered that, I found this established group, which our, and our focus was different. Our focus was different from our mothers, from our parents, from our grandparents, and and learning that, hmm, I don't necessarily want children, and that's okay. I don't yeah. necessarily want your nuclear family, which, by the way, I just saw an article about how that has become unpopular now. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we have chosen to establish ourselves as people, as individuals, and when I say we, I mean women and, and folks who identify as women, that's what we are looking at today, is to actually be okay and being happy in ourselves for ourselves. One of the things that we're kind of skirting around, we're talking about it, but we can't go in depth on it in this particular episode, but is this <laughs> kind of what we talked about in Dubcot. Like there's a, the arranged marriage trope. Like we realize there's a gender imbalance at play. Right. And so a lot of women are opting out again because it is and has been historically skewed towards benefiting men more and not like financially, but also just like who's doing the the childcare and the house, right. like all those things. And so it's been interesting with my mom because uh, uh, her husband died and hearing her talk about like, I just, I don't want to date anymore. I don't want to date anybody ever again because it's nice to just think about me, which sounds selfish, but she took her, her whole life was about somebody right. else. It's her not whole selfish. life. Exactly. It's freedom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think she feels guilty about it. And right. I'm like, no, you're, you've spent your whole life thinking about other people. Right. It, take your, do your puzzle. She loves puzzles. Right. She loves watching birds. Like, I'm like, do okay. it. I still say your mom and I need to hang out because we would just do puzzles and hang. She's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, and that's, this is the thing. I will say, I think this is the other part to that is the reason we're talking about all of this, we are talking about bad dates and bad experiences. And yes, we I, we promise we are going to share some. And I, I hope y'all uh, will respond and share some of our, your stories yes. with us because we do want to hear. I try to do this on Twitter. Y'all let me know, do y'all, if you're on Twitter, do you see our stuff? Because I have a feeling we've been banned because we're not very good at Twitter. <laughs> let us know if you ever see our stuff. We don't post a lot, but I just wondered. Anyway, but did I ever tell you this? So in my dating thing and in my, you and I have talked about that we had both thought 25, 24, 26, yeah. we would have babies at that point. We yes. would have be in our nuclear family. We would be supporting our husbands, y'all, this is for real, mm-hmm. and be a part of that family life that we are now, I am now so petrified of because I'm like, why is that? Nope, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But people who do it are beautiful, by the way. This is no shame on no them, no shade yeah. on them because I do love babies. I do love babies. And then I give them back. I'm like, you can have it back. But <laughs> uh-huh. the people who are a part of that family, I love them and they are so beautiful. We love y'all moms. We do. We really do. But all of that to say, when I was in this world of, I need to start dating, I actually kept a log 
of my days. Did I tell you this? Like I started no. like short story level uh, describing my days. Oh my. Did I ever tell you that? No. Oh dear though. <laughs> oh girl. And I will say Atlanta has their own uh, West Elm Caleb, I believe, because my dating group, we all kind of talked about one dude, which was oh, quite my. funny. Um, I'm, I wonder... I'm, I mean, there has to be so many of those, right? I actually have a question about this. I, yes, as I said, I've never dated online. Is there, I'm assuming there's a function where you can be like, this person is terrible, get them off of here. Is so there? the only function that you can truly report, mm-hmm. no, okay, see, I'm so, ugh, I'm so out because I have not been on a dating site for, again, 2017 was probably my last, maybe 2018. I kind of want to log in now. I just want to know my last dates. And at that point in time, and we've talked about it before because we've talked about Bumble. Bumble was the only one that would actually ban people from their site for harassment or dick pics. I don't know if if policies have changed. We also know that Bumble came after Tinder's creators split and the dude from Tinder really went after the woman who helped create uh, Bumble and Tinder, um, gaslighting her, threatening her, harassing her. And then she finally left, filed a suit from them and created Bumble on her own which is a multi-million dollar site as well. And it is based on women taking charge, which I still have a hard time with because I am still really insecure. Um, I was Mm -hmm. very insecure on that. So I think that was at that point in time. Different sites had different uh, stipulations. So, and I don't know how many exist today because I'm sure there's so many. And I've told this before. I remember Plenty of Fish was so overwhelming. And it may be because, yes, I'm Asian and the amount of Asian fetishism within was overwhelming. But I remember I started one day because someone had told me they had success. I opened up my own profile. Within that day, I had, I want to say, like over 300 messages. And I had never been so overwhelmed in my life that I shut that shit down so quickly and wow. never got back on again. Wow. Obviously, he's, they're not a sponsor. <laughs> they wouldn't want me as a sponsor. <laughs> That's true. Hinge, at one point in time, who was a sponsor, right? At Were one point, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not sponsoring this show. No. Was overly complicated. And I think, I think they have changed since then. But it essentially was... It hinged on whether or not you had mutual friends, which I actually uh, really did appreciate. But then you started to understand a little more like, oh, no, I don't want to ask them I'm on this dating site because they were still that weird, like, uh, I, don't judge me for being on a dating site type of thing. Right. So hinge mm-hmm. was a little more like, and so therefore, if you said no to too many, you just kind of ran out of people. <laughs> I ran out of people. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, on Hinge. Tinder scared me a lot because it was known for the hookup site. Yes. I did date one person. I think I went on one date with him, and it was a good date. Nothing came out of it. Nothing, yeah. So that was that. Bumble, I did meet a couple of people, but because I do not have the self-confidence to actually strike up a conversation and be witty. Sure. Wasn't very successful. Mm-hmm. Although Bumble, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming other sites had to had the option to make friends and networking. So I did like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did yeah. really appreciate that. Again, women creators. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will say 
OkCupid, which also was a sponsor, was my favorite. And I did say this. This is not a sponsored episode, even Mm -hmm. though they were a sponsor once upon a time, Mm -hmm. because the questions. If I went to look at four specific questions that were very, like, obviously racial, like, one of the questions were, would you date outside of your race? That was an automatic and and the people who said yes to me, like they picked me as a, someone they liked, which it shows, but said that, said no on that, yeah. you knew what that meant, immediate block. Like mm-hmm. things like, they were asking heavy duty questions, very specific questions. And I really appreciated those questionnaires because I went, looked it up and based on whether or not we would match on those. Mm-hmm. So, I, so the, all of those sites are very, very different. Yeah. Yeah seems exhausting to me, but again, I understand some people have told me it's like fun, like a game type situation. Did you ever have, were you, did you enjoy dating? I, okay. So there was a moment that I really did enjoy. There were times that I really were, was excited after the initial date and I connected Mm -hmm. with someone. It felt nice. Mm -hmm. It felt good to be able to come together you kind of already knew our interests so we already had a common ground and because I've only honestly I've only really dated off of dating sites I went on one blind date never again oh gosh the partner I date I am with today we met because we're neighbors Mm -hmm. so that was also off of online he's also Mm -hmm. younger than me so would not have been in my pick because you have to do age range I'm very, right, right. yeah, so we would have never met on dating mm-hmm. sites. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. But all of that to say, I did enjoy those moments of being able to have a conversation, get to know people. Like, if it was fun, it was really fun. If it wasn't yeah. fun, it was really bad. Like, it was just, right. those. there was really no middle ground. I did go on, hmm, I guess there was middle ground in that I always try to go on a second date with someone that didn't immediately offend me. <laughs> Right. Because yeah. I didn't want to be overly picky. But sure. typically, <laughs> Right. Okay. I feel like for me, I've never enjoyed dating, but I did. And this is a whole different conversation. I did enjoy feeling like someone was attracted to me. I did enjoy the thought that like, People were interested, men specifically, although mm-hmm. uh, some women up in there. Um, that I liked, yeah. but I really didn't want to do the actual dating part. Other than I like having fun with people. Fun date, like for me, is like literally let's play a board game or like fun. <laughs> but you've had crushes, like legitimate crushes on uh, people yes, you know face to face, yeah. Yes, I crush hard, actually. But I, it's usually pretty like a bright flare and it goes away pretty quickly. And I've had some that were lasted longer and I tried to visualize like what would our relationship look like and would there be a physical part to it? And it was very difficult for me to envision. But I did like thinking about it. It was kind of yeah. like a fun daydream of, ooh, what if, what if it would work? <laughs> Do you have a crush today on anyone that we know? A real person? (laughs) Yes. A real person. I do not. But I will tell you, I've had them. I I, I get them on, I just like people. It's weird. Like I I generally have had a crush on almost everyone I've known. (laughs) And it usually passes. (gasps) Me too? Yes. (laughs) 
Yes. Aww. I just, I get like a huge crush. I'm like, oh my God, they, I can't believe they're giving me the time of day. I love them so much. I think they're the best. Like I get them and, and then they generally pass. But I do, I experience crushes a lot, actually. <laughs> well, I love and admire you in general. Yes. All the times. You too. My goodness. All right. So the original idea for this episode was to be a very, as we said at the top, lightly researched, fun, conversational thing. It turns out Samantha and I have a lot of things to say about this. We've been through some things and we've seen some things, apparently. We have, (laughs) as have a lot of all of you, I'm sure. And a lot of the people who contacted us and told us their stories. And we just wanted to give this the proper context because we understand that bad date can mean a lot. And what we meant to go for was something very funny, but we can't ignore that it's often not that for women. So with that being said, originally we were just going to have kind of like a brief thing about dating and then a conversation about bad dates. We haven't gotten to that part yet. And it's already quite long. So we're going to split this into a two-parter. And tune in for the second part to hear more about our thoughts on dating and some of our very very own specific uh, bad dating stories, which we have quite a few to choose from. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so tune in for part two. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And as always, we would love to hear from you if you've got thoughts, bad dating stories you want to share please send them our way. Our email is stephanieandmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Oh yeah, we need all of the stories. Maybe we can make it a part three. Right, Christina? Oh, yes. Yes, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 